Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, there's this thing that happens when Pittsburgh gets really attached to someone, we have to change their name. Evgeny Malkin becomes Gino, Jerome Bettis becomes the bus, Willie Stargell is everyone's pops. It's cute and all, but how much of it is love and how much of it is because now as much as ever, sometimes we're just really bad at pronouncing people's names. It's Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. Rob Rossi is a senior writer for The Athletic and a member of my partner's favorite group chat. Y'all were texting a few days ago about how we have this long history of renaming athletes here, and I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, um, usually the group chat is interesting, and that's a kind way of putting it. But, uh, <laughs> this one was uh, our mutual friend, Tim, sent me a very out-of-nowhere question, which was, uh, did Mario Lemieux used to pronounce his name Mario? And what's the? It was a long answer, and I love the detail involved. Please tell us, is it Mario or Mario? Here's the story. Uh, as a young boy... Mario Lemieux grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, His parents are uh, only French-speaking Quebecois, and they um, also are Italian. Um, In Italian and the way the French pronounce it, it is Mario. So he grew up going by Mario. Like Super Mario, the way we, most of us have heard the name over and over and yes, over. Yes, yes, yeah. Do, 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 yep. do, 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 <laughs> do, right. So um, as he became a teenager and traveled a lot, the name kind of started to change. There is a very intense rivalry in Canada in the junior hockey ranks between the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League. The Ontario Hockey League media is much bigger than the francophone, French-Canadian media. Uh, so Mario, Mario, as I should call him, Mario grew up <laughs> knowing his name is Mario. But there's this rivalry, and often um, the English-speaking Ontario media um, back then, in a way to sort of gain one-upsmanship, would sort of change things about the Quebecois players with their names and say them differently as a way to sort of assert some sort of power over them. This was like a dominance play? Like the yes, the yes. adult announcers would just call teenagers by different names or adjust them slightly? Absolutely. And it wasn't so much... Um, it was very subconscious as I understood it. It was just a way of like, our hockey's better than your hockey. 
Well, so let's jump ahead a little bit. He's 18 at the 1984 draft. The pens are awful, so they get first pick. Um, Hold up, actually. We've got a clip that you told me to snag. Sorry about the music. Sportsnet is all I could find, and they added some weird drums. Pittsburgh, the premier choix, the Pittsburgh, number 66, Mario Lemieux. walk to the Pittsburgh table. Uh, your reaction, your feeling? Well, you know, I don't feel to go downstairs on the on the floor and uh, because I think uh, Pittsburgh don't really want me enough to go downstairs, so that's why I'm staying here. Yes, Eddie Johnston, the Penguins general manager at the time, tries to mix French and English while doing the announcement, and it's, I don't know what language it is. <laughs> Mario was not happy with the Penguins' original contract offer. So the traditional player putting on a jersey at the NHL draft did not happen, starting Mario and the city of Pittsburgh off with a little bit of crossroads. Yeah, because usually with like drafts and stuff, like you hold up a jersey and you sign and you smile and there's hats and it's, it's a whole big to do. So Mario doesn't put on the jersey. Finally comes to terms with Pittsburgh, gets taken on the tour of the city, uh, does the Mount Washington picture, whatnot. In training camp, notices that everybody in the media and everybody in the organization is saying Mario. Now, this is where the pivot point happens. He could have leaned into it and been like, no, Mario. But his English was not proficient at the time. He was still learning a lot of the English language. Yeah, I've heard him say that he learned a lot of it here while playing here in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. He started to realize that if he was going to sort of continue to endear himself, he should sort of lean into the way this is spoken here. So he basically decided, I will be Mario now. Um, Because in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh accent just slightly changed it that way. Uh, Fast forward this now. So uh, Mario's children, the four of them, they grew up in Pittsburgh. um, And they didn't really want to keep speaking French other than to communicate with their family from Montreal. So they have thick Pittsburgh accents and they say Mario, which kind of bothered the grandparents who also knew him as Mario. So it became this long convoluted tale. What I'm told by friends of Mario, as we say in the uh, hockey business, is that he now only goes by Mario unless he's in Ontario, where he goes by Mario. And if that sounds like a lot of O's, keep in mind, I have a stutter. So that was even harder for me. (laughs) I think you told it well, Rob. Um, (laughs) Why do you think that some players here in Pittsburgh get this treatment and others don't? You know, like their name can evolve or they get a nickname. Like, is it popularity? Is it talent? Is it personality? I think the ones that have talent in Pittsburgh, there is this want to sort of, uh, by the Western Pennsylvanians, sort of adopt them as their own. Mario Lemieux is, without question, the most adored professional athlete uh, to ever come to this area and be sort of adopted. Um, But... This doesn't happen often with athletes that don't rise to a certain level or personalities that don't rise to a certain level. But, Megan, I think you've done some research. It does happen often enough. Well, I feel like hockey is uniquely bad about it. Like, if you listen to any Penguins game, like, you have to 
I feel like I need like a little bit of a guide, like a legend to keep up with who's who. Like Phil Bork, the announcer, is Borky. Um, Malkin goes by Gino. Latang is Tanger. Like it's just they have to like add things to everyone. Hockey is very big on nicknames. Uh, basically, <laughs> the way it goes is if your name ends in a consonant, they add a vowel. Okay. If your name ends in a consonant, they will also add an er or something like that. Um, Malkin <laughs> gets it twice because in Russia, he is Evgeny Malkin. That's how you pronounce it in his native tongue? Yes. Ev- Evgeny Malkin. Yes. Oh, so we're doing it wrong in multiple ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, we're really doing Malkin dirty. Um, but in Pittsburgh, it's become Evgeny Malkin. So uh, he gets it particularly bad. But yes, Jordan Stahl was Stahlzy. Um, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, didn't get a butchered surname. They just called him Flower because in French, if you're a standout player, you often get nicknamed Flower. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. So let's play a game. You sent me a list of names that people frequently mess up here. Most of them I think I recognize, but now I'm convinced that I don't actually know how to say them um, because they don't seem that hard. So I want to try to say them right, or at least how I think I've heard other Pittsburghers say them. Um, You made this list caveat, so they are a little pens heavy. Nobody come for me. Um, First up, (laughs) you just kind of explained this one, but Mario Lemieux, that's correct? It's correct in Pittsburgh, yes. And Mario Lemieux is his actual name. (laughs) <laughs> Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. Lemieux. Okay. Uh, if Jenny Malkin. In everywhere but Pittsburgh, that is the correct way to say it. <laughs> but in Pittsburgh, it's usually Gino Malkin. Yes, Gino Malkin. Got it. Okay. Marc Andre Fleury. Marc Andre Fleury. In Canada, Marc Andre Fleury. <laughs> everywhere else, shorten it the flower. Um, okay. Jim Leland. Yes, so Jim Leyland is as actually the way it was pronounced. Wait, Leyland or Leland? Well, well, the correct way, as I understand it, is Jim Leyland. But uh, the Midwestern pronunciation is Jim Leyland. So when he became uh, the Pirates manager in 1986, I believe, um, Leyland became Leyland. Okay, I'm I'm really nervous about this one. Yaramir Yager? (laughs) 
Yes. Wait, uh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that is the way it is said everywhere now. When he first came to the Penguins as a rookie in 1990, many people went with Yaramir Yeager. <laughs> like and the there's a famous <laughs> YouTube clip of uh, him scoring a goal in the 1991 playoffs in overtime. I believe it was game two of round one, where the national announcer keeps saying, Jaeger, Jaeger on the puck, Jaeger scores. And people are like, what? It's Yager. Um, <laughs> I'll out uh, myself. I definitely thought it was Jagger when I first moved here. <laughs> Jagger was one that they tried to make. Like DVE tried to make it like sort of like a Rolling Stones connection, um, uh, which I favored, but he doesn't go for it. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, this one, I it, on paper, looks very normal. Tony Dorset. Ah, Tony D. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Tony D., arguably the greatest Western Pennsylvania-born football player ever, uh, won a Heisman at Pitt, went on to be a Hall of Fame player in both college and the NFL. When he was growing up for Aliquippa, it was Tony Dorset. When he went to the NFL, he decided that people should pronounce his name Tony Dorset. Oh. Uh, we are not sure which is the correct one. Um, we've never really been given clarity on that. He decided his name would sound different when he went to the NFL. Okay. What about Connor Sheary? Oh, this one has killed me many times. So when uh, Connor uh, Sherry... Okay. Uh, okay. That's fine. Who, by the way, is married into the family of Penguins coach Mike Sullivan. So that would have been awkward discipline moments at times. Oh. Uh, when Connor Sherry came to Pittsburgh, he had a very great grand debut. Um, his first season, he was excellent for the Penguins in 2016 when they won the Stanley Cup. And everybody was calling him Connor Sherry. And then he sort of let slip the next year, like, yeah, by the way, it's, it's Sherry. And we're like, huh? He's like, yeah, my, my name's Sherry. And, like, we thought he was sort of ribbing us. And then, like, turns out it actually is Connor Sherry. But it never caught on in Pittsburgh. So he will forever be Connor Sherry. Okay, okay. So that was your list. Uh, I'm going to send you a few from me. Okay. One of these is going to take me a second to type. So. Oh, gosh. This one. <laughs> Say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> you can do it, Rob. Chris... Fuamatu Ma'afala do you, is how you do say Do you remember it. the nickname? Fu. <laughs> yeah, that's what Pittsburgh did to it. <laughs> because I actually was somebody who said we should just type Fu. Like my, my big contributions in my limited time covering the Steelers were we should change Fuamatu Ma'afala to Fu and just refer to Ben Roethlisberger as Ben. Because obviously those are names that are difficult to spell when you're not used to it. True, yeah. Um, here's one more. This one's a little easier. Johnny U. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Unitas. Uh, Johnny Unitas is actually how you say his name, and it's always been that way. But we it's still shortened it. It's never been Johnny it. Unitas. And here's one more. <sighs> We're going way back on this one. How would you say this as a Southerner? Oh, well, uh, Kent Tukolve? I don't know. I know That's I know close. what Pittsburgh says. Yeah, I it's my understanding it actually should be the way you say it, Tikalve. But in Pittsburgh, it is Kent Harty Tikalvi. Oh. So he went by, uh, he went by, I believe, uh, a nickname called Teak. Yep. 
Yep, and this is a pitcher in the 70s and 80s for the Pirates. <laughs> yes, a uh, sidearm pitcher got the last uh, th- three outs for the 79 World Series Pirates. You can used to be able to see him on TV. Very tall man, great gentleman, but he's even said, just call me Teak, otherwise it gets too complicated. Well, and you sent me one more that just had me rolling. How did people in Pittsburgh mess up Franco Harris? Intentionally uh, is the, probably the easiest way to say it. So Franco Harris... Um, from uh, African-American descent and Italian descent. Um, But in Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, early in his career, they said it as Frank O'Harris. Kind of turning him Irish. Um, Even though the back of his shirt said Harris, the way it was said, um, nobody thought he was Irish, but there was just this sort of pathological urge to make it Frank O'Harris, which is weird because when you think of Frank O'Harris or if you talk to people's parents or grandparents who were alive at the time, it was known as Frank O'Harris's Italian Army. Uh, and there's a whole nother story behind that. But yes, uh, Frank O'Harris was actually Italian, as he used to tell people proudly, uh, never Irish, except in certain Pittsburgh bars. <laughs> I think I've heard you say once before that Yinzers will try to make anything Anglo-Saxon if they can. They, they will. Um, I don't judge them for that. It's the way we speak. Um, I had an, a, a grandmother who tr- turned every player into an Italian. Bobby Bonilla, a former Pirates baseball player, was Bobby Benelli. Um, and I would try to explain to Graham, there's nothing Italian about Benilla. Like, he's, no, Benelli, I love Benelli. So she just turned everybody Italian. And I'm sure there's stories like that throughout the region of uh, sort of uh, the more uh, ethnically speaking grandparents and great-grandparents turning uh, just mangling names. What do you think it says about Pittsburgh that we feel so compelled to do this um, or that we you know, embrace it so heartily when athletes do it themselves? I think it is just one of the many things that bonds so many of the athletes that come through here to Pittsburgh. If I could say one thing is almost universally, every athlete that I have covered in any sport has said, my time in Pittsburgh was my best time. Um, there's something about this area, the Western Pennsylvania community, where the sports are, take on a religious-like devotion, but there's a real appreciation for the individual athletes. There's a real love for the individual athletes. That isn't the case in a lot of the other cities where they want to hang on to them forever, but <laughs> not in like a completely oppressive way. So I think the naming uh, or the nicknaming or the mangling of the names is sort of all one encompassing, uh, you know, term of endearment. Um, And, you know, there are guys that come back and they they go right back to the name they were called here. And then, you know, they'll go away and you'll see them in another city. And it's like, you go to use that name. And they're like, "Eh, that's not me here. Um, So um, I've always liked it. It, To me, it's a a cool thing. It, It makes them ours, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And I go by Rossi for Malkin, so it's a fair game. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he turns it around on you. Rossi, no, no, talk now. So, (laughs) As the official biographer, I think he can probably just point and say, hey, you. Uh, He does that a lot, and often with a specific finger. (laughs) 
<laughs> Rob, thank you so much. Um, you can find him all over the internet and writing for The Athletic. Um, Rob, I do promise not to turn all of our text conversations into CityCast Pittsburgh episodes, or at least I'll try. Well, that's fine with me if you do. <laughs> usually, they're, usually they're useless otherwise. A little news before you go. The railroad industry is fighting a new safety requirement in Ohio that came after the train derailment in East Palestine. You might remember that train that spilled toxic chemicals everywhere and put up a mushroom cloud over the small town was on its way to Conway, Pennsylvania, which is just barely outside the Pittsburgh city limits. In the wake of it all, Ohio mandated that the minimum crew size for a train like that should be two people. But the railroad companies say that one person crews have been safely used for decades and that only federal agencies can regulate them at all. Pennsylvania Senators Bob Casey and John Fetterman were both among the named sponsors for federal legislation that got filed in May. And there's a new development in the Tiddo House saga in Uptown. Last year, we told you about the house's bootlegging past and how some folks wanted to save it. We'll put a link to that episode in our show notes. Well, now Pittsburgh's Historic Review Commission has okayed a plan to save the home, but tear down the garage, which allegedly is the first place that Rolling Rock beer was ever sold. Fountain Residential Properties plans to use the land to build a 250-unit apartment building. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell someone, leave us a review, a five-star rating, and make sure you're subscribed to Francesca's Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Sydney does not like to go by Sid. He likes his name to be Sydney, but... Because most people in Pittsburgh just shorten it, he has sort of adopted Sid. Yeah, well, I mean, Sydney the kid doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Right. Yeah, Sydney the kidney was a bad sound. <laughs> uh.